This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribbling by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's Matt Carroll McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, then today is a Red Saturday! TikTok. TikTok, it's Wrexham o'clock. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined this very busy week by Nathan Salt. How are you doing, Rich? It's one of those crazy weeks again, isn't it? To be honest, we've been waiting, we've been itching for this announcement, for these two announcements, the kit and the manager. We've got both. There's a lot to discuss. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't spoken to you and there's a lot to talk over, Rich. Yeah, and they can't be wasting any time really on this pod, can we? Uh, yeah, the big news this week that Wrexham have released their new home kit for the 21-22 season. TikTok are the new sponsors of the club, not just limited to the kit, but their logo and name are emblazoned on the new home strip, which went on sale on Thursday, the 1st of July. And the other big news coming shortly after the, the kit release is that Phil Parkinson has agreed to become the new Wrexham manager on a 12-month rolling contract. He's formerly of Charlton, Bolton, Bradford and Sunderland. We've got snippets of information about his times at those clubs from insiders at those clubs later in the podcast. But Nave, the only place to start is what was your reaction to the news of Phil Parkinson's appointment as the new Wrexham manager. You've got to say that it's credit to the club. You know, they, they kept it under wraps for a long time. We were one of the first to, to put out there about Mark Hudson. And we didn't really know too many candidates that had 
definitely applied and were definitely in, in in the frame in terms of you know they mentioned today in the announcement didn't they that there were 60 candidates that, that went forward for it and I, I think really until maybe a week two weeks ago Parkinson wasn't gathering much momentum it sounds like you know I heard I heard rumors that he was kind of hesitating about the deal and that's why it's dragged out but his quotes today, I mean, he said the club didn't need selling to me, it sold itself and I wanted to be part of the journey that this club's about to embark on. We've got a lot to do before the season and I, I want to bring in, I want to add quality players to the existing squad and create an environment and culture which gives us the best possible chance of promotion. Now, I'm sure you, you will go into what Rob McElhenney, who spoke on behalf of him and Ryan, said about it. But you've got to think, it's it's a coup, Rich. In my opinion, I think it's a, I think it's a really smart appointment you know, of the names floating around, we were maybe getting slightly excited that we were going to get Ferrari as the kit sponsor, as the as the shirt sponsor, and uh, Antonio Conte. But it's not to be. That will have to wait until we're in the Premier League, maybe. Um, but no, Phil Parkinson. I mean, I mean, you can't complain in terms of what he's achieved. You know, he took Bolton up. I think he took Colchester up, didn't he? And you know, he's had a. I spoke to a Reading fan earlier uh, in work, and and he was at Reading for a long time, over a decade there, I think, as a player. And spoke any good things of him, you know. So, look, there's there's good and bad. Like you say, later in the pod, we've we've got some good and some bad. But overall, I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm delighted. I don't, I don't really know what I was expecting. I don't think I was going to be delighted by a managerial appointment. But I'm happy. I'm satisfied with with Phil Parkinson. I think I think it's a shrewd move, and I think it's actually not very Hollywood of the owners to pick him. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a, a refreshing sort of sense of reality. Not in terms of you know, it is a coup. He's he's a person who's got football league experience and a, a, a high end of it as well. Like you said, he led Colchester to the championship. He led and then a transfer embargo Bolton to the championship. You know, he has got that pedigree for promotions. Doesn't know an awful lot about the non-league game, which is which is interesting. But you know, it, again, another important thing is that he, it was told to us you know, his first team manager and I know you and me were speculating about the sort of head coach role who will be in charge of, of transfers of, of dictating who who comes in Parkinson's keen to, to get some new faces and some high quality players be interesting to see if any of those come from his, his former clubs the way, way he's worked you know most recently you know with Sunderland but you know I when I heard of Parkinson and my immediate sort of reaction, it was think of that Bradford Cup run. You know, we got Bradford to the League Cup final. Definitely, and then the definitely. year after, they knocked out Mourinho's uh, Chelsea as well in the FA Cup, an incredible FA Cup comeback. I know Wrexham fans, we don't really like to say other teams have had better sort of cup knockouts than us. You know, when Lincoln knocked out Burnley, that hurt a bit because I still think Arsenal's the pinnacle. But that Bradford team, I don't think Chelsea had ever lost a home match under Jose Mourinho. And then John Stead and Phil Parkinson uh, sort of powered them to a 4-2 win when they were when they were losing in the game, which was incredible. He's got that pedigree. It's just going to be really interesting. You know, the, the non-league is, is like no other. We, we, we can speak about his previous promotions, but there's no other league that he's got out of where there's only two promotion slots. You know, it's a really different kettle of fish. And the other issue is there's no time to dwell. And I know last season the, the quality in the league was pretty poor, but you've got to hit the ground running. You've got to just do it. Now, like you said, the fact that he's got this experience as well is even more pressure on him than any other team in the league. People oh, know we've got the money, but now we've also massively. got a manager who's who's had that experience high up in the football league to, to actually do so. Like you but said, Rich as well. Rich as well. Though you know, today came out that that the the AGM there'd been an agreement about a salary cap. Now you just think Wrexham have been here for so long. We finally get decent backing, decent money, and and we're looking at a salary cap. So 
you know, when does that? I haven't actually looked into that completely, but does that come into effect immediately? Will that affect in a season's in time? So it sounds like we've got one hit to spend whatever you like almost right. to get out of this league. But the, provisionally, the National League have voted in favour of a salary cap from the 22-23 season, that, which makes sense makes in terms sense. of fair play. But we, we've seen them scrapped in other leagues because mm. they just don't work. And, you know, it's, it's this issue that we've had as Wrexham fans. When we've not had money we probably yeah. would have said there needs to be a salary cap. But then when you've got money, you're saying, well, if if someone is ready to invest that much money in lower league football, shouldn't you let them do it? Obviously, there maybe has to be a limit, but we've yeah, been I, the victims I, of it. And now as soon right, as we get cash, it's looking like we we're going to be... We seem to be the victims all the time, Rich. Um, but I think I think that only makes it a, an even more important um, season, you know, to, to get out now because... Rob McElhenney saying that, um, you know, Phil has an immediate objective, the exact wording here, Phil has an immediate objective of gaining promotion, but is conscious of our ambitions of the club and embraced each element of the vision. Now, the second half of that statement is, sounds nice, it fits what fits what you're going to say, but the first half is what, you know, the kind of the cutthroat businessmen that Ryan and Rob are, they don't like to lose, they've said it before, they're here to win, and they're here to tell a very good story you got to think the documentary will be going into its second season. Okay, maybe they get a third if they narrowly miss out, but you know they're not going to get a decade-long series. It's not going to outrun. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. So, you know, Phil Parkinson. A lot will depend on the players he can get. But if you think Les Reed will work closely with him on that, I think you were talking earlier about we were speculating about the head coach. I stand by that because I think that language was very deliberate. Anything I've seen that the the chairman have put out hasn't felt very slapdash seems like the club is becoming more and more professional before our eyes. You know, they're putting actual structures in place. We've got a, an experienced CEO. We've got, you know, a former FA uh, staff member that's, that's helping behind the scenes in terms of player recruitment. Sean Harvey ran the EFL, you know. So we, we've got some huge players. Uh, and talking of, on, on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red, we, we had the... I sent you that coding update, Rich, about potentially going on FIFA, you know. I'm sure Peter Morse had a word there to say, you know, part of the brand, again, TikTok, huge platform, which we'll go into later in the pod. But with Parkinson, I think he's under no illusion that he's taking a job and, and it could damage his reputation massively. If it goes completely pear-shaped, you know, the players don't perform, he's finding it tough, we, we, you know, dread to think, but we, we don't even make the playoffs again next year. It's really damaging for him. That's someone that's. I know he's got on this CV, but if he proves that he can't do it in non-league, it's very hard to just click your fingers and go back to a potential League One promotion bid. Do you not think? I think. I think I'm yeah. being fair there. Yeah, it's a huge risk, and you know he he said that as well in his own comments that Wrexham are an EFL club by I think other than their league position. So there's there's a lot. You know you can't make excuses for the facilities. You can't make the you know, complaints about the budget that you've been given. You know, it's all down to him now to, to deliver on that. And it's an important thing that you said there, Nath. In every single press release, in every single partnership, in everything that, that the club have pushed out since the takeover became apparent, they have mentioned how crucial promotion to the Football League is in every single piece of documentation. And in every piece of documentation we'll see this summer, they'll no doubt say how important promotion is. They've got to deliver the goods now, and it's all down to Phil Parkinson. You know, no matter what happens, he might not have been everyone's first choice. He, by all accounts, and we'll get to hear from fans soon of, of other clubs, he plays ugly football, but it can be effective. 
you know, I know you go to football matches because you want some entertainment on a Saturday, but the time for that's gone now. For Wrexham, there's only one ambition next season. It's not to entertain. That's a byproduct, hopefully. It's just to win matches and get out of this league by any means necessary. It does not matter however we do it, but we've got to do it. And now, like you said, we need unity. We can talk about who we might have wanted of the names that are in the frame. It doesn't matter. It does not matter anymore. It's Phil Parkinson's Red and White Army. Let's see what, what happens. Like it says, you know, history only tells the story. Now we need to have that glory in Phil Parkinson. It's an exciting journey. It's exciting it's to actually have it done because, exciting, Rich. because super exciting, there's been yeah. talk so much, hasn't it? Particularly what's takeover about what might happen. We don't know what lies ahead. Now we've got some clarity. Now we've got some ideas of, of where we might go. Like you said, we've got really big players off the pitch in terms of, you know, Les Reed, Sean Harvey, Fleur, you know, even Humphrey yeah. stepped into his role really well and it's gonna be interesting uh, to see see how it all unfolds. I think, I think Rich as well is Parkinson's press conference is on Friday, so Friday's July second. I'm gonna sit in on that and we'll we'll put out what I can uh, on our Twitter again, that's at Rob Brian Red. Just wanna say on the Twitter, thanks so much to everyone that has followed that and is showing that lots of support. I know me and Rich are working hard to try and put together some nice graphics that people can use. And I've seen a few people sharing, sharing the kit one around and, and, you know, staying on top of the TikTok video, really enjoyed the, the reaction to Rob's first TikTok. That was very, very funny of, uh, the only, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia gang. So yeah, big thanks for that, but press conference tomorrow. And there's a lot I, I want to ask, Rich. I mean, what would you like to, to ask Phil Parkinson for me? What would be interesting is his experience, you know, being interviewed by Rob and Ryan. Sure, you know, the way it sounded to me, at least the way it sounded to me from the release, was Les Reed, Fleur, Humphrey, and Sean Harvey. They had compiled, basically, they'd done maybe the initial interviews, compiled it, boiled it down. They were never going to give 60 applicants to Rob and Ryan, there's, there's no time that's why they've brought these people in. So condense it down to, I don't know, maybe two, three candidates. And they've clearly made a pitch to to those, you know, to, to Robin Ryan. And I'd love to know what Phil Parkinson, like what, what he said and, and what he was told and different things like that. So hopefully he can shed some light on that and, and we can bring it to you. Um, and, and, you know, next pod we'll be able to really break down what he said in, in his presser. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, and, you know, from my own point of view, I, I'd like to know... Um... Three sort of three things I'd like to know from him is one, what does he know about non-league football? Does he feel that he he can adapt to it and and, and be a success there? Number two, I'd probably have to ask him, you know, about that risk that he has attached to to his playing role. Like, does he does he fear that you know if, if he failed at Wrexham, would that be the end of him as a manager? Because there is so much pressure, and yes, it might be a non-league job, but it's one of the most high-profile jobs in football next season because there's going to be so much media interest in. Oh, how are Robin Ryan's team getting? getting on what's happening there you know every single website will be running a you know stories on robin ryan's team are doing this or whatever you know i know wrexham as a name might might get lost a bit of, along that that journey ironically even though wrexham is the name uh welcome to wrexham and thirdly i'd like to know what what is it like what's he been told for next season because jarvis and redmond are there but by all accounts he doesn't really play that sort of football i know he said previously that he likes to adapt to the players or a squad but the fact we gave Devonte redmond a contract shouts to me that we want to play expansive attractive football but then the managerial appointment doesn't really go hand in hand with that from his previous track records obviously managers can come in and change their style they can play a different you know type of way so i'm i'm gonna wait and see how it works but 
I'm just interested to know, you know, the players have already been given contracts. When's he going to have his own sort of say on the team? And does he fully believe in those who, who have been given those new deals? It's interesting to see, but I think the other interesting thing as well, Nafe, is who is he going to sign? I can't wait. We love signings. We love signings. Love, love them. You know, I seen today, um, you know, loads of signings at, at Premier League level, and we've seen a couple at our level. Stockport have let some people go and, and, and things like that. That There's moving parts now, beginning contracts ended on June 30th, and so... We'll start to see a bit more movement now between between players, but I, I really think we'll be, I, maybe I'm being naive now, but I really think we'll be operating in, in a different pool now. I think we'll be looking at those kind of League 2, maybe bottom of League 1 type players, not for everything, but whether we need a scorer. You've got to think, you know, with all due respect to what we've got there, I mean, what is Phil Parkinson going to think about the strikers at the disposal? I mean, you, you'd have to think people like, Gold on Mateo. I know they put in a shift. I know he put in a shift by the end. I mean, Ponticelli's not quite hit. You know, not quite hit his stride as a Wrexham player, but he's got potential, I guess. I just think that you know he he'll go for those primary positions. He, he, from what we've heard, he's not that sold on creative players. So if I'm Devonte Redmond, I'm maybe a little bit wary now. I just don't understand. If you're Devonte Redmond, you must have been given some assurance must have been because you, you kind of I really don't believe he would have rolled the dice for the prospect of completely sitting it out again I, I just refuse to believe it I, I just don't believe he's a player that no. simply just wants to pick up his check no he, he he's very much up from what I've, what I've been told and what interaction I've had with him he's, he's not a player who wants to do that I think he does see this as a season of redemption a chance to to get back to, to where he was before one of his best friends is Marcus Rashford you know watching one of your best friends Sorry to mention it, but the European Championship and potentially going quite far in that this summer, you know, you don't want to just be a reserve player for Wrexham. You've got to have greater ambition yourself. So really interesting, like you said, to, to, to see what, what lies ahead. But that's maybe what we've got to say immediately on Phil Parkinson. But what about people who maybe have a better knowledge of, of what he's like as a manager? Ahead of today's podcast and ahead of the announcement, myself and Nate have been getting in touch with people we know who are associated with clubs he used to work at and ahead of the podcast I spoke to one of my close friends Dan Murphy who works alongside me at the Manchester Evening News he's a Bolton fan as you can tell by the accent but he's also reported on the Wanderers as well himself uh, he was involved in pre-season tours when when Phil Parkinson was in charge like he said and as you'll hear now from him uh, a manager who worked really well under circumstances but maybe not the most attractive football to look forward to Phil Parkinson joined Bolton in 2016 and it was a very turbulent time for the club. We'd just been relegated back to the third division for the first time in what must have been between 20 and 30 years and that was the least of Bolton's concerns at the time. Well, Bolton were very, as I'm sure everyone knows, Bolton were very on the urge of going out of business. There was absolutely no money in the club after Eddie Davis pulled his own ship and then finding a new owner to take on that burden took a while, took ages and when it was finally filled by Ken Anderson, while there was promising signs at the start, let's just say, uh, it didn't it didn't go well at all and financial um, problems remained at the club for the duration of the Anderson's reign in charge. During that season when Parkinson got us up, he was like the bright spark. He was a decent man put in a difficult position and despite being under transfer embargo, restricting Bolton to only being able to sign free agents and short-term loans um, under a predetermined wage cap, 
we still managed to get promoted back to the championship at the first time of asking, which was a remarkable achievement. We did it. We did so come in second place to Sheffield United, who of course went on to get promoted the season after to the Premier League under Chris Wilder. So finishing second was no great shame in the slightest. But to do so with such a ramshackle team full of aging journeymen um, and a couple of young prospects was a great achievement and really was testament to the spirit and the kind of the the strict team that Pagson was able to kind of get together he he plays a certain way it's not exciting it's not fun um his best kind of method was to play Gary Medine, a big target man up front and have the likes of maybe Zach Clough or Adam LaFondra or Sammy Amiobi playing off of the big target man for them to hopefully feed off the scraps and work a bit of magic. It wasn't fun but he worked with what he had and he did a great job. He was a decent man in a terrible situation who did the best he could and it's just a shame that during that time the football wasn't the most thrilling thing to watch but next season despite it all despite still being on a transfer embargo despite having no money to spend any money um, anything on players we still stayed up in the remarkable scenes on the final day of the season against Nottingham Forest and it was he, he did a great job um, due credit for the job he did in such difficult circumstances I wouldn't say he's a warm kind of welcoming character he's a nice person he's a sound man but he's not the most kind of he doesn't relate to the fans that much I don't think he's he's quite a distant character I think from players and from fans I remember one day I was on a pre-season uh, I went watching Bolton in pre-season Denmark they were the days and the Bolton bus ended up turning up to the um the pub we were in after the game because they'd planned to have a meal there but soon as they saw all the fans there and Parkinson, he got off, <laughs> said hello, and then he took all the players away without kind of interacting with the fans at all, which it just he's, he's a little cold, a little distant maybe, but that shouldn't kind of put him off the job he did at Bolton, the really good job he did, and he deserves a lot of credit for what he did, especially considering when you look at what happened afterwards upon his departure. We went down to League One, and none of it was his fault. Again, we got, went down because of just when we went back down to League One, we went down because there was just absolutely no money and the ownership was falling at the seams. I think he went with a lot of Bolton fans' respects, but went. We all knew it was kind of the right time, the right decision for everyone. But what I must say, he's a great appointment for Wrexham. For him to go down there from being Sunderland manager and Bolton manager, two massive clubs, it's quite a drop, but I get the impression that he wants a good project, he wants to work for good people, he's had to deal with... Bad owners at Bolton. I can't imagine working at Sunderland was a particular stress-free environment either. I imagine he wants a really good project to get behind and with Ryan and Rob owning at Mexham, it screams to me as a as an appointment that isn't flashy, that isn't Hollywood. I think the new owners could have gone for a bigger, more exciting name. They could have gone someone for a bit more flashier. But this appointment tells me that they're going for someone who is far above the level they're at, but also will get them up. It might not be flashy, it might not be fun, it might not be that exciting, but I'd be absolutely stunned if Phil Parkinson doesn't get Wrexham up to uh, the Football League this season. So Nath, as Dan was saying there, it's interesting one, Phil Parkinson, he's maybe not always had the luxury of financial backing from his time at Bolton Wanderers, but he's a manager who's respected there because he did do a really good job on a shoestring budget. I mean, does that mean that he can do it when he's got that financial backing or does it maybe indicate that he's better working with his his back against the wall and, and defying the odds? 
It's really tough, isn't it? I mean, thanks for, for that audio. Really interesting. And that's the kind of insight that everybody's craving at the minute. I think going onto message boards, I spoke to someone from um, the Wanderer podcast and she was very complimentary of Parkinson, you know, given the circumstances. And I think, I think Dan sort of said it there that it's, it is a coup for Wrexham. You know, he didn't play the best football, but surely we're over that now. Surely we're over this idea that we... We, you know, obviously we would love to go up playing ticky tocker football. Yeah, ticky tocker. That's that's poor from you. I expect that's better. good. Um, that's good. I expect better from you. But you know, we'd love to play that kind of like prime 2008 Barcelona. Of course, we would. You know, I'd, I'd like just that. to see 2011, 2012 Wrexham yeah, again. Yeah, Do you but, know what I mean? You know, just... But 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 sure, I would love that. But what I'm saying is, we don't need that now. Or and I think as well, Rob and Ryan, they don't. Maybe they do care. I, I personally don't think they do. I don't think people like Les Reed are that bothered. I think, sure, they would love to put into play a strategy. But you know this division, Rich. We've been here so long. The standard is never great. It's never going to be. It's the fifth tier. I, I, we go. We have horrible Tuesday night trips. The midweek games are always horrible wherever we go. We just need to win games. Just need to grind out games. We need a consistent scorer. Someone that we know we can rely on for 15... 20 goals a season, which cliche, but it's true. You need that. You need it needs solid a solid defensive line. We've got some. We're going to need centre. So I think at this, I think at this level, and particularly the way the squad's been been managed, like you said there, that there's no centre backs to choose from. Really, I think that next season having a solid defence will be crucial for us because I think if you if you're not conceding goals, you're not losing games, and I almost think at times that we do really overanalyze the twenty goals a season striker because that I know I think though quite often there are examples I know go say Michael Cheek etc who are just really good right. strikers at this level but if you've got a team who aren't conceding goals then you're going to create a few chances every game and the striker could become that twenty goal season striker just by virtue of of what's happening at his team I think you're gonna to have to grind out results at, at some stage next season yeah. but it's, it's gonna be consequentialism I, for us because I, I just yeah you know much. It, the end is justified by the means. No, so the means are justified by the end next season yeah. because if we get promoted, however we play does not matter. However Massively. many goals a player scored doesn't matter at all. It is all you know that sort of Machiavellian approach where yeah. we just need that end result. I, what I'm saying is, I think on the striker front, I think there's a difference between you know sort of saying players we have can get that amount of goals. I think what somebody like and Michael Cheek, or for me, watching a lot of Stockport, my uncle's a big Stockport fan, and Alex Reed, someone that you know more often than not, they will score the chance you get. So if we end up playing, which you know has been said about Parkinson, a 3-5-2, a 5-3-2, and, and we want to play Dior or, or whatever, I think Dior's got talent. Look, look at him this week, you know, training with Andy Morell. He's clearly working hard to improve his game, but I think there's people at this level. You look at Reese Oates or... Um, you know, you said Dagenham forwards as well. Uh, I mean, I mean, who, I don't know who is at Dagenham now. I can't remember from that last game of the season. Yeah, but, I remember they were, they were um, quite good. They had Balanta you know, and someone else, I think. But Balanta, yeah, exactly. But and even we lost players. To, yeah, and even Wooten and Rodriguez at, at Notts County. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, these kind of players, you think more often than not, they will score the goal. What I think we've had in recent years is players that can score goals, but more often than not, they probably won't. More often than not, they probably won't make the right decision. And that's why we are where we are, Rich. Because we haven't quite got that finessed quality that, okay, this is an extreme example, but you look at Stop, um, look at Salford when they went and got Adam Rooney from Aberdeen and they, and they went and got um, Danny Lloyd or whatever his name was from Peterborough. 
what they were banking on was players that for that level they were going to make the right decision more often than not and it worked they, they eventually the, like you say the ends for them justified the means they spent the big money they got out and now they're they've not been at risk of coming back down so yeah it's going to be interesting i think personally given his this supposedly this defense minded approach that he that he played and maybe backs against the wall at, at bolton he didn't have a choice but if that's the way that he goes, and consistently it seems like he does do that, play a back three or a back five, the centre-backs are going to be key. That will set the tone. If we can go and get some kind of a League 2, League 1, top-level quality centre-back, I know we've just seen Kelleher go to Bradford, but you know if we get someone top-end there, you know, both of our centre-backs have, have gone... Well, I mean, Pearson's obviously... Grimsby dropped out of the league, but he's obviously gone Grimsby, Kelleher, and I don't know I don't know if Vassell Vassell may still be a free agent, but... Yeah, the centre backs are going to be key, and I just think you need a striker that we should be the we should be the the go to team now in the division. That's not me being no, yeah. an ego an ego. No maniac, team should be able to match us in anything. They don't have the facilities, they don't have the money, they don't have the attention. They they have nothing on us. It's like, the that's... profile. It's the profile. If I'm a, if I'm a player, Rich, if you're 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 a player, you're a midfielder, young midfielder trying to break in, try and go up the ladder. Why not make yourself sort of popular on a documentary why not show your personality off become a star and then people will start to you know even sounds stupid but people will want to use you on football manager fifa 22 if it comes you yeah. know it sounds that, that daft, the case i saw um, it all helps yeah i saw this week as as well and football manager on instagram they post the the most transferred players used in their game and since the european championships the two players who have been bought the most in football manager I think have been Kiefer Moore and Leandro Spinazzola because they've both been so popular at the Euros. Kiefer Moore had like a six hundred percent surge in transfers on Football Manager because people knew who he was. And like you said, I think do I do think if you have someone on the documentary who shines, it'll only do their profile well. But we've heard about his time at Bolton. Now we're going to hear about his time at Sunderland as well. Nave, do you want to introduce this clip? Yeah. So Bolton was pretty much a mixed bag. Rich, I, I thought Dan gave really good insight into you know, kind of the, the difficulties Parkinson faced and, and how he dealt with that. But for us, it's, it's a real coup. It, it's not quite the same at Sunderland. good friend of mine from university, Andy Watson, he works for Metro Radio now in the area. Massive Sunderland fan. And let's take a listen to what he told me earlier. Yeah, Phil Parkinson's time at Sunderland isn't remembered well in the eyes of the fans. On first arrival, we saw his track record at clubs at clubs like Charlton, Colchester in League One, where he managed to get teams into the playoffs or actually get them promoted. He was billed as the man who always got into the League One playoffs. But I think quickly fans knew he wasn't the manager for us because he lost the, his first few games in charge. His brand of football was ultra-defensive, jumping between 3-4-3 formations and 5-4-1 formations. Um, it's, it's quite damning that under his management we had the lowest ever league finish in the history of the club. We finished 8th in League One. But the pandemic might have slightly prevented any chance we had of finishing higher uh, or finishing in the playoffs because our games were scrapped uh, when lockdown came into play. He got a second chance though last season. Uh, he did sign Bailey Wright, who's in, who impressed on loan, but he got injured. The performances didn't really pick up either, but his biggest mistake was probably exiling Aidan McGeady who really is one of the better players in League One he just didn't feature into any of Phil Parkinson's plans he shipped him out on loan to Charlton the season before with no real reasoning and he just dropped one of the most creative players in League One and it's it shows you because when Parkinson 
got the sack, Aidan McGeady came back into the team and got us 16 assists. So I think that's quite shocking, to be fair. So, yeah, I would say less said about his time up here, the better. But not many managers have had the best of luck at Sunderland in recent years. So, yeah, I, I wish him the best at Wrexham and I, I hope he does well for you. Well, Rich, no, not quite as positive. I know Dan managed to put a positive spin on the Bolton side. Not so complimentary about Sunderland. And it's been well documented that there were many issues at Sunderland. The documentary, the bug, uh, like, bug, it uh, you know affected affected Parkinson because he didn't like it. It irritated him. And there was the issue with McGeady. What do you make of it? You know, is is there reason to be fearful, or or do we just need to? Everyone has everyone has bad moments, big mistakes, and and we just let that one lie. Yeah, I I think getting sort of hung up on players who, who he might have not favoured, etc. Sunderland's a weird one because you don't know behind the scenes what players are on, how the long-term contracts effect, affected, etc. You know, Sunderland always budget to sort of try to get themselves back to the Premier League, etc., try to get promotions. They always budget to be one of the bigger teams in the league. So a manager can come in, he can give a player, he likes a four-year contract, then the manager comes in to replace him who doesn't like him at all. And it's really difficult to balance the book books there so you know I think that is just I think when any manager sort of fails at a real sort of big team and you know Sunderland are a different kettle of fish at the moment to, to Wrexham maybe one day they won't be who knows might overtake them but I think it's that is really difficult and really harsh to judge the Sunderland time and compare it to the Wrexham time really because I do think they are completely different sort of scenarios the interesting one though is is the fact that he wasn't happy with, with the documentary crew being there all the time. And he said, you know, that it did frustrate him. He felt it was distracting the sort of the work that needed to be done at a core level. And Wrexham's going to be saying this this summer, we've we've had a clear out. We've got a lot of positivity off the pitch, but is Phil going to be giving us maybe as much access from my own selfish point of view to dressing room talks, to, to the tunnels, to those raw moments, which we all want to see as fans. And the other issue is, what if we do have a dip in form? What's going to happen then? Because if he's not, pleased with the way the documentary is going and the fact it's all being broadcast eventually it's, it's gonna be really interesting and it could sour the environment a bit but yeah, it's it's it's, let's it's not have the no, negativity no, but, but i think I, you, I am trying I to be positive you need, i think you need balance it's it's you've got to tell someone's story before i came on i said you know we were debating weren't we shall we talk about the sunderland time and yes because it happened and you know he can learn from that if anything you can spin it positively to say he can learn from that experience. He's had that Netflix documentary, and Sunderland, you know, it was it went horrible. That that documentary was essentially just tracking their demise, whereas our documentary is supposedly there to capture the moment we return to the league, and and you know Hollywood has kind of saved us in a way. So it's it's a different environment, you know. He will supposedly he will he hope to be the big fish. I know I know Sunderland were a big fish in in League One, but. It's the McGeady thing is an interesting one, Rich, because you think you look at it and go, McGeady's not long signed a new deal. He's super popular with the supporters. Parkinson not necessarily the most active in terms of engaging with the fans. I think you know Dan said didn't he that you know has a bit of a, a distant relationship with the players and and his and the fans. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how that goes. You know, at a stadium where fans will be right on his back, you know, right in the paddock or. Or if he walks around, you know the tech end and and these kind of things. So it's it's an interesting one. But the McGeady one is maybe just a word of warning. We obviously don't know. Maybe they clash personality wise. Maybe 
he just didn't like McGeady, or like you say, maybe it was a contract situation. But you'd hope that one of the things that somebody said to me that was that Parkinson is is quite old school. You know, he's been around a long time. He's achieved a hell of a lot in the game. I just hope that it doesn't stunt the growth of some of the younger players we've got coming through. I know someone like a, a Ryan Austin is a little bit further back, and and people like a Bicker staff. I mean, they may they may just not make it now in terms of they may not be given the opportunity to to do so in the timeline that we're currently on, which is very, very tight and very much a win-now mentality and mindset. But you look at someone like Jordan Davis, at, the, at times last season I thought he looked far and away the best player in the division, and I think other supporters of different clubs would tell you that. So I, I would hate to see something, you know, him marginalised in a way that maybe... I can't see it personally, you know, I'm... I'm I'm tempting the kind of the worst case scenario, but you just hope that there's no kind of run in there, and 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 Jordan gets the flexibility and the freedom to to express himself and and to have the team built around him in a way because people like Jordan and people like Luke Young deserve to be bedrocks of the team still, and I don't think I think Phil will have been advised. I don't think he's going to come in and just rip those two out and and plug in two people who have no sort of link to the club and on the documentary before I throw it back Rich on the documentary front there's there surely was a conversation in the in either his first interview whether it was with Humphrey or or when it got to Robin Ryan that he won't get to dictate the access I, I, I really struggle to believe that he will be able to say no cameras in here and because if it was that easy I think the documentary could be quite short and not that great so I think he'll have been told that the cameras are going to be there they're going to be tracking everything. These are your owners. They're very demanding. We'll give you this X amount of budget. Go out and get players. Go out and win games. Get us promoted. Simple as that. Yeah, and I hope I hope so. You know, I've got to try to be positive now, and I hope that he really does take to Wrexham, and I hope we take to him as well because it's such a special club and managers have such a special bond with, with the supporters as well and I really hope that maybe he has had differences at, at previous clubs whatever, that's in the past now, it doesn't matter this is the future, you know we've just got to look ahead to it and there's so much time for debating etc or maybe on future podcasts we'll try and have more insight on, on Phil Parkinson the man but right now we have to have unity, he's our manager and this is this is our club you know you know that as Robin Ryan have said, you know they're stewards of, of our club almost. They're the ones looking after us, after it for us. So, yeah, we've just got to have that unity now. Get ahead of it. We can't be pessimistic. Wrexham have been yeah. taken over by Hollywood owners. We're going into a season with money to spend and a high-profile manager. This is all yeah, we've ever this wanted. Is, this is like a dream, Rich. And the new kit. I I ordered it this. I ordered it Thursday morning. This morning set me back a pretty penny. Uh, wasn't a big fan of the delivery fee. As I'm sure many people were, and I put the I've actually put the prices out on the Twitter on our Twitter account, and I also put it out on Facebook, and it got a, a mixed reaction. I thought most people felt the felt the the shirts were standardly priced. There were others that felt like it was far too expensive, and others that were really not happy with the TikTok deal. You know, weren't weren't happy in terms of they felt it was a little bit too young if you know they were old an older gentleman saying they, they didn't want to wear tiktok that's exactly what we need this club's become stuck yeah. in the past but too it looks much, great like no no disrespect obviously i'm delighted that evil williams uh is, is staying on and is on the shorts i did tell people about that 
but it's it the, the logo never sat right i mean i i think i put it in the wash once and that was a that was fatal for my shirt so this one i've ordered it it looks nice i did say on one of the previous pods that i was desperate for a kind of a predominantly white logo that would just go seamlessly with the shirt i know you're not necessarily the biggest fan of the home shirt you're you're obviously normally a big fan of the away shirts but what did you reckon of it i, yeah. I think that the gressford tribute on the back again got a great reaction on, on social media i thought that was a real real nice tribute and in keeping with what they've said all along really yeah prices i'm not going to really go into that's just modern football i don't expect the club to make a nice goodwill gesture and sell a shirt for 20 quid just to sell hundreds and thousands of them or whatever you know they're still a business at the end of the day and they've still got to make a mark upon the actual cost of sort of manufacturing a shirt you can't just give them away and it's a really good revenue stream you know it's it's one of the things which kept us afloat last season was being able to have such a popular kit release even though we didn't have gate receipts coming in so you know i i i, I get why some fans would say that but sadly that's just a reflection of, of, of modern football and just the way that, that things have gone in terms of the actual kit really really nice design i do like it the sleeves are a little bit too white for me that's just a personal gripe i'm gonna i was gonna buy it this morning but then i thought i only ever buy one kit a season at, at most and i want to see what the away kit looks like first i saw the away kit section the big button on the website seemed to be green i'm not sure if we'd go for back-to-back green kits but i just want to see what the design looks like before i buy one my only slight gripe was that the ones on sale don't seem to have the Aviation Gin logo on the sleeve, which, you know, if I'm paying that sort of money, I would like it to be, you know, I want the, the real deal. I want all the sponsors and stuff on, but that's just because I'm a football nerd, really, and I like to, to have what the players are wearing or whatever. So that's a little gripe, but yeah, great news. And how many of us have downloaded TikTok not quite knowing what it is? Are you going to be doing any of these sort of challenges? Soon Rob Ryan Red has a TikTok account, Rich, so I feel like... Do I have to post no, on that? I, what? I don't know how it works. No, I mean, I will educate you. I, I'm trying to get some sort of a very quick TikTok education. My plan is to actually meet someone from TikTok who got in touch after I posted the uh, Rob McElhenney video to our Twitter account. On, and she was very nice explaining how how TikTok, how I, how I can maximise my time on TikTok, which I, I hopefully I don't spend too much time on there, really. But maybe I'll get addictive. I don't know. I, start, I did start scrolling through did enjoy the content, which is a concern. But no, I, I'm thrilled with the deal. I mean, obviously the financial figures have not been released. I'm sure it's upwards of a million from, from what I gather. It, it's 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 above a million. So yeah, I mean, like I, like we said earlier, what kind of club? I mean, there'll, there'll be football league clubs that are massively envious of that deal. And I'm sure from a TikTok perspective, it, it gets them access to Ryan and Rob, it gets them on the platform. They'll generate huge interest on there. I did actually see somebody reply to one of uh, Ryan Reynolds' TikToks and said, oh, it's Blake Lively's husband. So that gives you an idea of the the audience on there, which uh, which someone replied and put, actually, this is the actor Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're only as famous as your audience, I guess. So if Ryan Reynolds can be mistaken then uh, there's hope for all of us rich but um no kit i'm a big fan yep. of um back of the back of the shirt sponsors coming soon can't reveal too much on who that is yet but that another big brand another though. another another big brand yeah very big brand so so that that's there um obviously we've had the aviation one tiktok it's like i say i just go back to my, my previous point everything's just becoming so slick and professional in a way you know what i mean and and that's just really refreshing to see because 
again, I'm not I'm not taking any pot shots at the trust or anything like that, but they did what they could with the time they had. These are these are experienced full time professionals that have been in the game a long, long time. You know, been in the game decades. The people who are doing it as their their job yeah, now. You exactly. know, I know we've always been a, f- a professional football team, but this is now having people who you know are being paid a specific wage just to focus on doing this and growing the, the club as a global brand as well. And I know some fans will maybe say, I don't want my, my club to, to be forgotten about what the roots are. And, you know, that is, I think the, the announcements we've seen in the last few days are evidence that the, the football club does still come first, but we've got to cash in on, on, on what's happening in the wider world, really. And at the moment, it's, it's very promising signs of, of what lies ahead. The interesting thing, Nath, in terms of TikTok, I know I sent you a story about this earlier before is that they've also sort of struck it not not the same but a similar sort of partnership with Burnley FC's women's team and they've said there's going to be opportunities to to live stream some of their uh, home matches next season in fact it's going to be every single Burnley FC women match is going to be live streamed on TikTok as part of a multi-season partnership and that's going to be the first team from the UK to have street have so Burnley are going to become the very first team from the UK to stream games live on TikTok, wow. which makes it which makes it sound like if they're the first team, then we might not be watching Wrexham matches on TikTok anytime soon. No. But it, it could be an interesting one for pre-season. I'm sure we'll get lots of really good behind-the-scenes content on TikTok for, for all that stuff. And you never know, there could be that odd game. I know sometimes the FA Trophy games, they don't have licensing as such, do they? They're always a bit difficult. don't think they had radio yeah. commentaries for some of them. And we... It was, it was quite a weird one when we, we, were, we were involved with the club in, in the media team. So who knows, there Rich, could be matches Rich, shown on TikTok Rich, in can, the future. Can you imagine this, though? Can you imagine we lose to North Ferriby in the FA Trophy final? And imagine if you we are walking out of the turnstile that day. I was gutted that day. I was actually, I think I did a YouTube vlog at the time, which is quite embarrassing to watch back on now. But you can imagine if someone had have just put their arm around you on the way out and said... Give it a couple of years, like absorb this pain now that you're feeling for this. Very embarrassing, you know, they only have a small pocket of fans there. And you're going to get Hollywood owners, two high-profile Hollywood stars. You're going to have TikTok, a platform that we wouldn't have even heard of then. You know, the the, the most popular social media app really on, on the planet right now. You're going to have XYZ, all these other brands. You're going to be flush with cash. You're going to have Phil Parkinson, who's got X, Y, and Z promotions. You're going to have him. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know we'd have said that person's delusional and yet now it's just every week it's 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 a new it's a new thing you know Humphrey's column came out today back to Collier's back to back to Collier's Park so that that got a great reaction you put that up and just you know there's just so much good news I'm not really used to it I feel I'm quite a pessimistic person it's really hard to sort of rank the good news isn't it because like every day there's some really good news coming out and another thing was and I understand this to a degree but I saw one fan complaining saying like um why is this deal only for two years in terms of uh, I believe it was the one of the kit sponsors TikTok two years two years yeah yeah and I saw one of the replies saying why is this only two years is that not a worry I was like do you not realize that even if it is only two years, in in the worst case scenario, it's still gonna be the best two years of our lives. You know, like just just enjoy it. Just yeah, roll with you, it. Could, you could say that about Parkinson. You think people, you know, there will be people that say, "Oh, he's only on a." I know it's a twelve month rolling contract, but it, it's hardly secure, is it? It's hardly. You're not gonna give him a five year deal. We're not gonna do that. We're not going to give anyone four five year deals. So, 
All we can exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, I, we're not privy to it, but I'm guessing Parkinson's going to be arguably the best paid manager in the league. Why would you give him five years if it turns out that he's maybe not up to the challenge or things don't go the way we want to? It's just from a business point of view, if he's agreed to that himself, then just go for I, it. I, I do thinking back to the the Rob Ogilby pod we did last time, Rich, just before we finish. That that's been really well received, and and do go back and listen to that if you can. But I thought it was interesting, you know, he was obviously helping the recruitment of Tyler French when Dean came in. And I look at it now, I don't necessarily feel sorry for Dean, but I do look and think, Phew, it's a completely different job now. You know, they've gone and got Parkinson, he'll have a massive budget, probably. And he'll have a much bigger budget than Dean had, I'm I'm sure about that. And you got to think, oh, you know, what manager wouldn't kill all these Wrexham managers that have maybe gone? Great interview with Kevin Wilkin on the Fearless pod. You're talking about didn't quite have the money he wanted and, and didn't have the backing, what these managers would have given to have the opportunity Phil Parkinson has. And so I just really hope he takes it with both hands and, and gets to add another trophy pick to his collection because it's all there for him. He's got all the help he needs, all the expertise. He's got Les Reed to lean on if he needs. Seems like Sean Harvey's not going anywhere. Fleur is an expert CEO. They'll have Robin Ryan there, desperate. They'll do anything they can to, to raise the profile. We've got the documentary we track and everything. I mean, what a, what a time. If you're a young Wrexham fan now, you know, I'm only 25, but but if you're even younger and you're you're starting to really get into it and really go to the games, then I, I envy you in a way because you've avoided the, the kind of the years of austerity and, and poverty, really, that we've had in non-league. And this is the perfect time to get on the journey. So I know there's been people looking down on maybe fans joining and, and like tagging along now you know some I, I saw a tweet that someone said i'm going to follow Wrexham for as long as rob and ryan are there now there are certain fans that don't like that sentiment and, and i understand it I, I get it it's it's very difficult when we've been there we've seen we i you know i was there yeovil away or or halifax away or all these other ones eastly bromley all these games that have been stamford away i did stamford that was oh. awful we drew one all i think sean harrod scored oh no there's you know awful. but kidderminster when i felt like my feet had fully frozen hereford when billy barr took charge you know that if anything their memories now they're part of the experience and when we get up hopefully that's this season and we'll be documenting it all on the pod it's worth it, but if you are if you are just a casual and you do want to take on Rexmidge's second team, I'm all for it. I say jump on board. It's going to be fun. It's going to be eventful. It's it's Wrexham. There's always something going on. There's always fallouts. There's always drama. There's always great goals as well. We have some great goals. Do you think anyone else other than Luke Young will sort of take goal of the season, Rich? Do you think, or is that just lock until he's until he leaves? Jordan Davis FC, Jura yeah. Angus FC, and who knows who knows is going to come. But yeah, and, and the other point on on terms of what my lair head, it's just what happened when we relinquished that supporters trust ownership and we we went on this journey. We we gave them that freedom and that that trust in them to to do what's best in our interests. And okay, it might not be what we all would have done. It might not be quite the the same heritage of the club being so global and having all these big brands involved but that's part of the journey we've signed up for this let's enjoy the ride let's not have as much negativity we'll see what happens when the season starts but right now it is phil parkinson's red and white army on rob brian red nave thank you very much for joining us today thanks very much rich and thank you very much to our contributors as well from the other clubs. And like we said, we'll try to bring you some more insight into Phil Parkinson, the man, as we go through pre-season as well. But that is all we have time for today. 
what a week it's been. Roll on the next one. Thank you very much for joining us on Rob Brown Red. As always, you can follow us on social media at Rob Brown Red on Twitter. Nath, the Gmail. The Gmail is always rich. It's robryanred at gmail.com. I'm starting to feel like that's my role now. One week um, I will remember kind of, it. Yeah, <laughs> one week you will, but what a week, Rich. What a podcast. We've been waiting so long to do this. I'm absolutely pumped. I am. I'm pumped. I'm pumped up, Rich. I've got nothing else to say. Thank you very much once again for joining us. We'll be as giddy as we are this time in a week. Uh, thank you very much. Have a nice time. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the sunshine if it lasts as well. We'll see you next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.